Mark chapter 1 verse 16. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Wow, that was good. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee. How do, how do I say that? Zebedee. Wow. Okay. Of Zebedee. And John, his brother. So who did he see right now? No. Zebedee, no. James, the son. Okay. And who? John, his brother. This side, you guys don't have the John part? Okay, let's do it again. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of the hard name, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, okay, in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Now go to the next chapter, verse, uh, verse 13, and it says, Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And he passed by, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of, yeah, exactly, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Him. Okay, up to there. First thing, just, just like that, I want to bring right now is Jesus never chose lazy people. Jesus never chose lazy people. He always looked for working people. He always looked for people who were doing something out of their lives. Jesus didn't choose Netflix people. He didn't choose Facebook people. He chose working people. Can you, can, you, can you tell that to someone who, next to you who needs to listen that? Can you look for someone right there? And you're going to tell that person, he chose working people. Hard working people. Okay, today, nowadays, our hard work is like typing names and making lists, you know. These guys were fishers. So they were literally... Doing what a hard work, uh, how can I say that, means? Yeah, exactly. So, Jesus never laid his eyes on lazy people and he thought, and he thought these could be my disciples. So, that means Jesus, he, he, he walked by a lot of sick people. He walked by a lot of blind people. He healed them. He loved them. He talked to them, but he never called them to be their disciples. He was always looking for active people. People who were doing something with what they had. They were trying to multiply it. They were trying, they were trying to grow. So Jesus was looking for a tax collector. He was looking for fishermen. But he was not looking for someone who was just sitting there. Paying attention to what he was saying. It's actually really funny and really interesting to me. Because they caught Jesus' attention 
But they were not even in the crowd who were listening to, the, to Jesus. Can you see that? Maybe and most probably a lot of people were following Jesus and listening to him. But the people who caught Jesus' attention were the people who were working, doing something else at first. So I also see something. I see that although they were not connected to Jesus yet, Jesus knew he could transform their hearts. But if they were already faithful to something, even though they didn't really know life yet, because Jesus is the real life, Jesus knew that if he found hardworking people, when he entrusted them the real life, the real secret of life, the real gospel, the good news, they were going to be faithful to the good news as well. So Jesus was never looking for lazy people. And that makes me stop a little bit and start looking at my own life. How am I spending my time? What am I doing out of my days? What have I accomplished? Little things. What have I accomplished? Uh, let's think about studies. What have I accomplished? Okay, something happened to you. I, I, I came from another country. Pastor, you don't know what happened. Okay, but years have passed by. What are you doing? How, how, how have you moved from the position in which you were before to what you're doing right now? When I think about work, how old are you? Should you be as you are still? Because I see Jesus calling two brothers. Most likely one of them was the oldest one and the other one was younger. And the younger could just have said, no, I'm going to stay home. I don't need to work. My older brother is working. And he would not have been called by Jesus. So I'm telling you, what is Jesus calling you to do out of your life right now? Because Jesus is obviously calling you to the ministry and to the church. But he's also watching your hands as, as you do something. He's waiting for you to create an atmosphere which he can bless. He's waiting for you to, 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 to plant some seeds that he can grow. So I'm, I wanted to ask you, what are you doing out of your days, out of your time? How are you investing the time God gave you? You know, Billy Graham passed away some weeks ago. And I think when we look to a man who lived his life like that, we get kind of desperate. Because I'm like, dude, what am I doing with my life? You know, like... Why do I even work? You know, why I should just stop doing everything and try to preach to see if I can get to 115 million people. But then, you know, God, God has a specific purpose to your life. You don't have to leave your job, leave your college or your university, leave your family and start wandering around the world. What's God's purpose for you? If you're just faithful to what God has already given to you. If you're just faithful to what 
is already in your hands right now. Then God can uh, take you further and up. And he can uh, uh, put in your hands greater things. You know, Billy Graham started preaching every weekend seven sermons. Seven sermons. No one knew who he was. He heard God's voice. And God told him, you're an evangelist. And he says in his autobiography that every weekend he would go out to the streets. And he would preach seven sermons. Every weekend. Every weekend for two years he did the same thing. He wasn't looking for recognition. He wasn't looking for approval. He was looking to fulfill God's calling. So that's what God granted him. You're going to fulfill my calling for you. So I'm asking you, what are you doing to fulfill God's purpose? And the second thing I see out of here is this. Jesus said, I'll make you fisher of men when he was talking to fishermen. What is Jesus going to tell you? Because that's what I mean. Jesus only created that expression that we use a lot nowadays. Because he was, he was talking to fishermen. So what Jesus was really trying to say is this. I want to use what you know how to do in my kingdom. So I'm calling you because I want to use what you know how to do. What are your gifts? What are your talents? What do you have? So he was talking to Andrew. He was talking to Simon. They were fishermen. So he's saying, I'll make you fishers of men. He's, he's saying, there are no excuses. I want to use exactly what you are. Exactly what you know how to do right now. And that leads me to the third thing. The third thing is more about the disciples than about what Jesus was looking for. The thing is that in taking the decision to follow Jesus, because Jesus saw them, Jesus thought of them, Jesus loved them. There's a text that says that Jesus saw and loved them. And he calls them and he says, follow me. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. He calls them and he says, follow me. And then all the disciples in taking the decision to follow. Can you say that? In taking the decision to follow. All of them had to let go of something. But listen to me. Because at first I would think this. That, you know, when you start the, to live with God... The Holy Spirit starts telling you things of which you need to let go of, right? So if you, if you used to watch a lot of movies, then the Holy Spirit starts saying, stop watching that many movies. Get out of Netflix, you know? You, how many of you know what I'm saying? And then he's like, you're doing that way too much. Stop doing that. Stop. I'm not talking about that. That's further along in your relationship with God. But I'm talking... In taking the decision to follow Jesus, all of the disciples had to leave something. They had to let go of something. All of them. And something specific. Because you see, Simon and Andrew were fishermen. James and John were also fishermen. 
But Simon and Andrew, the Bible says, they left their nets. James and John left their father. What do you need to leave to let go of? Because you may be a pastor's kid, just like me. But I'm sure that what God is asking of you right now is totally different from what he's asking for me, of me. What do you need to let go of to follow Jesus? And it's not something the Holy Spirit's going to tell you you need to do. It's something you already know you need to. Look, this, this kind of shocks me a little bit. Because Jesus don't tell them, leave your net or leave your father or leave the tax office. But Jesus says, follow me. The thing is, they knew what they had to leave to follow Jesus. No one told them. No one asked for it. But as they wanted to follow Jesus, they knew exactly what could step on the way. So some of them left their nets. Some of them left their parents. Some of them left their jobs. But they all went to follow Jesus. So what is it that you've been, and, and, and you know what's funny? It's funny because a lot of us, we've been in church for like what? Who's been in church for 10 years? Okay. Who's been in church for five years? Who's been in church for a year at least? Okay. So we've been in church for years or months at least, days. Okay. You're in. You've been in church for days and we're like, Jesus, what do I need to leave? And you know what? Jesus is not going to tell you what you already know sometimes. You already know exactly. And that's why you're asking. Because if God doesn't say it again, you're not going to leave it. But let me tell you, no one told Simon and Andrew they needed to leave their nets. No one told James and John they needed to leave their father. They left. They let go of it. And that's why they became the apostles. Because they were sensible to what they needed to do at every time. So what is God expecting you to leave so that he can start doing what he wants to do in your life? And you know... You're, you're going to go with me to Luke chapter 5. And right now we're going to start seeing a little bit of how Jesus formed his group. So, look, I, I, I always look, it's Luke chapter 5. But I always looked to the consolidation of the group as something mystical. Because honestly, Jesus, he, he just gets there and he's like, you, you. You, you, and I'm like, okay, Jesus was famous. Jesus were, was doing like miracles and signs and wonders. But how can I imitate Jesus and just say, you, you come to my cell group. You come to my cell group. You're chosen. You're part of my 12. Come here. And I'm like, how am I supposed to do that? That was not... Like a human process, you know, that was spiritual, that was supernatural. But I'm not Jesus. 
How am I going to do it? So let's read this chapter. Luke chapter 5. It says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of, how do you say that? Genesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signed, signed to the, their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. So let's, let's pay attention at some details fast because I don't have much time. Simon and Andrew, brothers, were partners of James and John. Can you say that with me? Simon and Andrew, who were brothers, were partners of James and John. Who were also brothers. Next observation. Each of them had a boat. Says the text of Mark. Yeah. So the first, text, the first text we had read. Didn't talk much about that. But now we see that each of them had a boat. Third, third thing I see. They were part of a company of fishermen. Because the Bible talks about the four of them. Two boats already. And then it talks about more fishermen that were with them. Don't worry, it's going to be important for what we're going to see next, okay? And the, the last thing, the Bible still also mentions that there were still others more who worked with and for them, to, to which Jesus gave the command to launch the nets, okay? So let's go to John chapter 1, verse 35. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I love to study the Bible, like to see things I've never seen so... Sometimes it can be a little like a class, but you get the hang of it. Don't worry. John chapter 1, verse 35. It says, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. It's talking about John the Baptist. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. What did they do? So the two disciples of John the Baptist started following Jesus now. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher. Where are you staying? 
He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak, John the Baptist, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought to him, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, or in my translation, a stone. Okay, up to there, or a rock, yeah. We see here something else, more detail to the story, right? Yes, sir. Who, who is with me here? Okay, so we see here that Andrew and another disciple, they were disciples of who? They were whose disciples? John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist says something. He sees Jesus and he says something. What did he say? Behold the Lamb of God. When Andrew and the other disciple heard that, they looked to Jesus. And the Bible says they started following Jesus. Okay, let's keep going. So they start following Jesus. Then they go to where Jesus was at. They asked Jesus, where, where are you staying at? And he's like, come and see. They spent the afternoon with Jesus. And that's it for now. And then what happens? The Bible never again mentions the other disciples. But it mentions Andrew. Because something got on the way of the other disciple. His name is never again mentioned. He's never again mentioned. Because he was not important to our history today. He's not part of our church. But Andrew was. Andrew left what, what he needed to leave. So that he could follow Jesus. And then by John the Baptist's testimony, Andrew started following Jesus. So now Andrew is following Jesus. He spends the afternoon with Jesus, hearing from Jesus the gospel, the good news. And then he goes out of there and the first person he sees is Simon, his brother. Now he sees Simon and then he's like, Simon, you're not going to believe this. We've, we found, man... He, we found the Messiah. We found the Messiah. Come and see. Then he takes Simon to Jesus. Now Jesus has two disciples. Just like this. So everything started from John the Baptist's testimony of who Jesus was. So please never, never, never... Lose out of your sight the value of a testimony of who Jesus is. Because the group who we call today of the apostles started with John the Baptist's testimony. So that Andrew could follow him. Then he called Simon. And we're going to see what happens next. Go with me to John chapter 1, now verse 43. The same chapter. So we saw Andrew was reached by John the Baptist's testimony. He calls Simon. Simon gets to Jesus. And what happens when he gets to Jesus? Jesus says, 
I know who you are. You are Simon, son of Jonah, and your name is Rock. Can you say that with me? Rock. So because of Andrew's testimony now, Simon's life was changed. Yeah? Are you with me? Okay, so let's keep reading. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Whose city? Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. So, let's continue. Now, Philip was reached by seeing that two of Jesus' disciples were from the same city as he was. So Philip is walking by. He sees two people that he knows. He's, he's seen those guys before. They're from the same city that he was from. So he sees them. And then he sees Jesus. And he's like, wow. Let me, let me take a look here at things. So he's reached by his connection to the other two. And then when he's reached by them, he goes to his brother or to his friend, Nathaniel, and he says, you know what? We found the Messiah. And then he, Nathaniel asks him, what? Who is him? He's Jesus of Nazareth. And then he's like, of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Why? Because Jesus was not from Nazareth, as you know. But as Jesus grew up in Nazareth, people thought he was from Nazareth because he went to Egypt and came back and all that. If you don't know the story, just know that Jesus was not from Nazareth, okay? And then what happens? What happens here is, here is that the Bible said many things about other cities, other great cities. And Nathaniel was... A person who studied the law. So let me, when I went to Israel, I had the privilege to go there. Who wants to go to Israel one day? You should start praying about it. You should start saving money. And then look. So I had the privilege to go. I was anointed a pastor there. I had the privilege of being anointed a pastor by my, my, my father in Jericho. So it was pretty cool. Okay. 
And then coming back to the story, what happened is this. Back in the day, when they would study the law, you know, Israel is like a desert. The, the, the climate, the, the, the land, everything. So it's really hard. When they would study the law, they would go under the trees for shadow. And especially the fig tree would give a, a fresher air for them to be under the tree. So Jesus says, I saw you under the tree. So what Jesus really means is, I saw you studying the law of God. So Jesus comes to him and Jesus says, sorry, where is it? Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And then Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Do you understand now? So what is happening here? What is happening here is this. Jesus' process of building a team was completely human, completely personal, completely possible of imitating. Jesus did exactly what he wants me and you to do. Can you, can you give the testimony of what Jesus did in your life to one person at least? Are you able to share what God did in your life to one person? Because everything, let, let's go back. Everything started with John the Baptist. He saw Jesus walking by and what did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God. No, come on. Let's say it with me. Three, two, one. Behold. Andrew heard that. He was John the Baptist's disciple. John the Baptist had no envy. Yeah, envy. Yeah. So he just gave his disciples to Jesus. Andrew followed Jesus and then looked at, look at this. Don't be afraid of investing time in people. Because Jesus spent an entire afternoon with Andrew. And Andrew invited all of the others. Do you see? Sometimes we, we are afraid of investing in people and not getting back what we invested. We are afraid of getting too much, clo too, too close to people. We are afraid of investing everything we have because we don't know if people are really committed to us. Jesus was not like that. Jesus invested in Andrew. He even invested in the other disciple who never came back. Do you remember that? But Andrew came back and he brought Simon. And because of them, who was rich as well? Before that, before that, James and John, the partners, they were their partners to fish or whatever. <laughs> they were their partners in work. Then who saw two people that were from his, his city? Philip. He saw two people that were from the same city. And he's like, wow, okay, let me get close here. He got closer. Then he called 
Nathaniel. Nathaniel believed and only gave Jesus a chance because he saw two people from the same city and because he heard Philip saying, come and see, come and see. Then Philip, Nathaniel, Jacob, Jacob, no, Jacob, James, John, Simon, Andrew, Levi that we read in the beginning. Jesus had seven already. Seven already just like that. Because he believed in one disciple. I'm here to motivate you right now. And to say, if you have one disciple, you're just like Jesus. If you believe in that person. If you believe in all, all, all these people who, who Jesus is gathering up around you, you know. Maybe you're, you work and you have never looked to the person who works with you with the eyes that Jesus looked to his disciples, at his disciples. But I'm here to tell you tonight, please do. Please invest in people. Please believe because God is calling you to be a great leader. God is calling you to, to give the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. And you can change not only one life, but families as James' family was reached. As Peter's family, the Bible says that even Peter's mother-in-law was saved. Even the mother-in-law was saved. Did you get that? So there is literally, no, I can't complain, okay? But there is literally salvation for everyone. You know, <laughs> you know, can you, can you, can you tell the person next to you, can you, could you give another chance to someone who disappointed you? Could you even give yourself another chance to being committed to a cell group, to being committed to your disciples, to being committed to your leader? How many, how many of you are understanding what I'm talking about tonight? Do you understand? I, I, I really always thought Jesus had gathered up a team because he was Jesus. But that was not it. Jesus was human. Jesus did it because he believed in it. Jesus did it because he worked for it. Because he invested time in one person. Andrew heard, here's the Lamb of God. He went and Jesus said, come. And many of us, we don't want to invite people to our houses. Jesus said, come see where I'm staying at. Come. Spend the afternoon with me. Jesus invested in him. I believe, I believe that was the afternoon in which Jesus started talking. Andrew, you don't know. T tell me about your family. Tell me about this. Tell me about... And Jesus started spreading little... Seeds, you know, of the gospel, of what he had to say to Andrew. And that flourished and that bared fruit. Because Simon, Andrew's brother, came the next day. Their partners came the following day. Then Levi in the other day. Then Philip and Nathaniel in the other day. And I know God's going to do the same thing in your life. I'm here to tell you that God is looking for people he's just simply 
looking for people that He can use. And if you're willing, God is going to give you His anointing. God is going to give you His power. You know why? Because God is, he, He's just like that. He freely gives. And He doesn't expect, He's not expecting nothing back. That's His nature. He, he's all about giving. He's all about calling you. He's like, if you want, I can give you true life. If you want, I can give you true wisdom. If you want, I can take your eyes out of this life. And I can put your eyes on the eternal. So, I know God has a calling for your life. Just like He has a calling for mine. Just like God called me one day when I was just like you are right now. Listening to a sermon. Listening to a pastor preach. And I said, God, I believe you want me to be a pastor. I accept your calling. I'm telling you right now, God is calling you. You. You who hear me. God is calling you right now. To a change. To leave something completely different. God sees you. Just like He saw Andrew. How many of you believe that? Amen. Can you stand up right now? We're going to pray. But I don't want this to be just a, another, you know, time of prayer after the message. And then we're going to go out. You're going to go eat with your friends and all blah, 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 blah. Okay. Can we please pray truly? Can you, can you not wait for me to pray so that you can pray? Can you please do your own prayer? I'm going to guide, okay, no problem. But would you talk to God? Would you let Him know that you are willing? That you want to do things God's way? That you want to believe that He's calling you to be a great leader, a great man and woman of God? Can you close your eyes? Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you. We're here tonight because we want to accept your calling. We want to accept your purpose for our lives. And you know, we've not, we haven't lived as we, we are supposed to. We're not taking our lives seriously, God. A lot of us here right now in this night, we're here and we need repentance, God. We need repentance because we haven't been faithful to your calling faithful to what you have you has given us God we haven't been faithful to the disciples you have entrusted us we haven't been we haven't even been faithful disciples yet God we haven't learned the value of a discipleship of having a leader of learning of being formed of being disciplined God can you please guide our hearts can you please transform us God can you please give us faith to believe that you are calling us to a new beginning that you have a calling a great calling for all of us doesn't matter our past mistakes doesn't matter everything that is now part of the old life I'm willing, God, I'm willing to hear your voice. I'm willing to hear what you are saying about me. I know I am a child of God. I know you love me. Come on, church, lift up your voice. Pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. 
He wants to hear your own words, your own prayer. He's looking for your heart. He's not really caring about the beautiful words that are going to come out of your mouth. He wants to, to get closer to you. God, please fill our hearts with faith to believe that we can, we can, we can have, we can accomplish, we can build by God's grace, we can build a team, the team that you have for us. God, we, we call forth the disciples that you have already separated for us. We believe in you, God. And we're going to start small and grow big, God. We're going to start with what you have already entrusted us, God. We're going to believe in the one person you have put by our sides right now. God, forgive us for not believing in people like you believe in us. Forgive us for giving up on people. Forgive us for giving up on ourselves when we messed up, when we did something wrong, when we were not good enough. God, forgive us for not looking at us the way you see us, God. Would you change our hearts tonight, God? Would you change our hearts tonight, God? We've been coming to church for so many years. It's time to spread the word. It's time to give my testimony, God. It's time to be used by you. This is my time, God. I know you're calling me right now. I know I can hear your voice. I can feel your hand in my heart beating fast, God. I know you're calling me. You know, I, I want to make one last invitation. If you know God was talking to you while I was preaching. If you know God is calling you right now to something different, something great. I want to call you to come up to the front. And we're going to make one last prayer. With all our hearts, we're going to sing. When we're going we're gonna to shout out. And we're going to say, God, we need you. God, I need transformation. I want to believe again. Would you put the words in my mouth when I have to preach, God? Would you give me a message for this generation? stay in our comfort zones anymore God we want everything from you we want everything you are we want to receive the calling the fresh anointing we want to receive the power not to have as a throw a trophy but to use it but to use it God so that you can reach other lives so that you can do what you did in my life in other lives God Come on, lift up your hands right now. And you're going to start praying. And you're going to say, God, look at me. Here I am tonight. 
here I am tonight can you say that God look at me look here here I am here I am forgive me God I know I failed you I know I disobeyed you but I'm here tonight to tell you God I want to accept the calling you have for me I want to believe in your dreams for me God if you believe in me I want to believe in myself I want to believe in your calling I want to believe in everything you have for me right now and you're going to lift up your hands high and you're going to sing this song and you're going to call for God's presence in this place God sees you he hears you he sees your heart come on lift up your voice all our faith, all our faith and hope and our great God. let the heavens open let the heavens